Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name's Chandra. I'm your host, and I am very excited to dive into another interview episode where I am speaking today and want to introduce you to the fabulous Tanya Simpson from Collaboration Playground. Tanya, how are you today? Hello, Chandra. I'm good. The sun is shining and it's a good it's a good day here today. Excellent. I'm very pleased to hear that. And I'm excited to get into this interview episode with you so that you can share some of your insights and experience now that you are uh, over 12 months into your business and we can share the story about how that came about and all of your fabulous lessons and learnings from the other side of that transition. Great. Sounds good. (laughs) Lots of learnings, funnily enough. Yes. And the thing is that one of the things that actually a past interview guest shared with me some time ago where she used to be a vet her name is Belinda Dennis and her business is called Bindi Nutrition she does fabulous nutritional supplements for uh, athletes a little plug there for her Um, she used to be a vet but now she has her own um, line of nutritional products and one of the things that she talked about was the difference in attitude that we bring as human beings, and I don't know if it's just women or men as well, where when she trained to be a vet, she was at uni for, I don't know, six years or something. And she said that, you know, we bring such an expectation when we start a business that we expect that, oh, well, you know, my first year, I'm just going to knock everything out of the park and I'm going to be flying and achieving all these revenue goals and having all these clients and all these wins. But why is it that we just assume that we can go into a whole new way of working by starting our own business and that within a year or so, we're fully functioning as a business owner compared to when we look at, you know, learning to be a vet, for example, and that they are, you know, similar in the fact that there's there's things that you've got to learn and then you've got to actually put them into practice and then you learn from that. But we tend to not bring the same kind of attitude to our business. So I think that it's really important that, that we have something like that as a reference point of knowing that this moving into being a business owner compared to being an employee actually is a really big transition and there's lots of moving parts and you're not supposed to just naturally know how to do everything perfectly first time. Mm, absolutely. And I feel like I was a, I was a mixture of both. There were things I thought I would nail easily mm-hmm. and things I was really scared of. And funnily enough, uh, the things I was really scared of, I adapted to them quite quickly. I 
self-taught myself a lot of things. So that, again, was quite a surprise. You know, mm-hmm. I'm used to having people. We talked about IT a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm used to having IT experts around me and you just call a tech, come to my office and fix things. And I had <laughs> to learn how to do that myself. And I had to teach myself how to use different software programs and do those things. So the things I, I feared as a person on my own, I actually, once I got um, a hold of them. I'm a big fan of someone called Marie Folio and she has a saying called everything is figure outable. Yeah. And once I had that attitude, I was like, I'll work this out. I'm a smart girl. It might take me a while. I might need to Google a bit, but um, yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you, when you really sort of push through. And then other things I was like, Oh, how hard can this be? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good. And I know that we're really, you know, there's going to be lots of juicy insights that we'll get to through this conversation. So I'm going to pick up that piece about, um, that attitude um, comment that you just made because I think that's going to be a really uh, important one. But just to give uh, context, what is it that you used to do for work and what is it that you do now? So my background is uh, in radio, um, particularly promotions and marketing. So my whole 20-plus year career was all about um you know, working with listeners and sales teams and creating really fun promotions on air and events and things like that, which was great. It was a very dynamic industry, lots of fun. Every day was very different. You never knew what you were sort of going to get. Um, And I loved it. It was great. It really, you know, filled my soul. I loved leading teams and working with people and achieving stuff and, you know, great. I mean, it's, you know, radio is such a great medium. So I really, I really loved that. And I did that for, uh, I was previously with Nova Entertainment. So I left it after 16 years with a restructure um, and thought, right, well, that was fun. I love, I loved that. What's next for me? And fortunately I could take some time off and I hiked the Camino Trail across Spain for six weeks. So I got to walk 800 mm. kilometres, which is, you know, good thinking time. Yes. Um, and <laughs> a lot of thinking time actually to take your mind off of, oh, my feet hurt and why do I have blisters the size of my head? Mm. Uh, so... Before I left, some people had, that I'd made contact with had sort of said, you know, would you like to do some consultancy work when you get back? And I kind of considered that on the trail. And then one day on a mountaintop, you know, it was very spiritual. I thought, yeah, I do actually want to do that. So weirdly, I uh, got back to the hotel that night and two of the people that I'd spoken to had emailed me and said, when you come back, we really want to work with you. So I thought that's a pretty good sign. The same uh, day so, as your mountaintop kind yeah, of inspiration. Yeah. Yes, we, how how beautiful is that? And I'm like, well, this mm. is a sign. So yeah. uh, to progress that, and one one was a um, an ice cream company, Harry's Ice Cream. So I'm still working with them now, and the other one was a stage theatre agency called AKA uh, that I did a lot of work for. But then COVID popped up and that kind of shut down the industry mm. um, at the time. But yeah, that that was fantastic to work with them. And so then I started Collaboration Playground, and here we are, 15 months later. Wow. And so uh, in a nutshell, what is it that Collaboration Playground actually provides? So brand promotions, um, so brand partnerships and marketing are what we specialise in. So it's about bringing people together uh, to create really great work. So that's where the collaboration part comes from. Mm -hmm. Um, And because when I was at Nova, I created a portfolio of partnerships um, so with some of the biggest events across Melbourne. So we did the uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Australian Ballet, National Gallery, Run Melbourne, just a huge list of, of amazing events in Melbourne because obviously mm-hmm. it's a, like most places it's a real event city. And uh, 
So that that was really kind of what I loved. That was my passion. And so when I came back, I thought, this is great. I have lots of contacts, so I continue to do that. So work with different brands and different companies who want to extend their marketing reach, who want to partner with like-minded brands. And, and really, it extends your budgets and your exposure and your reach. So that's what I specialise in. Um, and then also do some sort of general marketing for people like Harry's uh, Ice Cream Company. Uh, we launched Bundaberg Rum Ice Cream late last year which was pretty delicious amazing. oh so good who knew rum and raisin was just not just for dads particularly when you <laughs> stick a little bit of rum inside it um so yeah so that's that's kind of what I do and and I think you know as we've talked about it's really important to know who your audience is and it's been great over the last sort of six to eight months with people now calling me saying oh I've heard that you're really good at partnerships and I would like to look into that space and that's how I've now been picking up business which is which is fantastic so I think you know knowing who your target is and what you specialise in is really important. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and it's one of those things, I guess, where when you look at it, your, what did you say, 20 plus years in, in radio, predominantly mm. in that sort of um, promotions and marketing space, is skill set and experience that you've carried forward into your consultancy and your business now. And so, you know, some people might go, oh, well, that's a really natural kind of, um, mm. pro- progression for you to to make if you were to think about what do you think are some of the upsides of making that kind of a transition so essentially just um, moving similar work that you used to do as an employee into doing that for yourself do you think there's an upside to that mm. definitely um, for me it was about it was I think the first thing it was something I was passionate about and I think if you can Mm -hmm. do something that's about your passion and what you really love and feeds your soul then tick that's you know that's a really great space to be in so I knew that's what I love to do was always you know introducing people and I think it's it's so great like that here particularly in Melbourne where you know we're kind of like oh I know this person or you two should have a coffee and I'll facilitate a connection and I really Mm. love that that's what we do here quite well um so I I knew that I could do that um I knew I had a lot of contacts, so in the event space, in media, for different sort of clients I'd worked through. So, and again, because a lot of people contacted me after I left Nova, I thought, well, this is this is good because the fear, again, on the other side of transitioning into something that you've already done, was I was concerned, as I'm sure lots of people are, that I was only good at my job because I had the structure and the framework of a large corporation like Nova Entertainment. Uh-huh. So. Oh, when ta- little old Tanya goes out by herself, I mean, you know, she doesn't have Nova and she doesn't have breakfast shows and she doesn't have the structure and the support and the resources. So what could she possibly do for us? And that was a real fear for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought, well, you know what, let's give it a crack. I'm very big on just let's try. <laughs> and I think, and again, because I did get really great feedback from, you know, if I do say so myself, some fantastic people I worked with. Um, I thought, well, I'm just going to try. And if it doesn't work, then that's okay. And I'll go and, you know, get it myself a full-time job. But I'm thankfully it it has worked out and I have had new people come to me. Um, But I think that's what's, you know, I guess it's like everything you, people have a perception of you and you have an image and a reputation and it's how you take that forward into your next life. And sometimes starting fresh, as you said, someone who goes from a vet to a nutritional role is fantastic because they can start 
from scratch and start fresh and not have to worry about previous perceptions and images versus going forward with one that, you know, can be good and bad. So that, yeah. that in itself was to back myself was a really important part of this process for me. Yeah. And you've raised such good points there around the importance of uh, trying to find the work and the direction that's around something that you love. And for you, it was fortunate that you'd been doing that for 20 years and, you know, really fostering your work to be something that you love and building up a bank of experience and expertise. And that's great if that's the way that it goes. But for some people, they would get to a point and in their career and they're like, you know what, the last thing I want to do is to mm. continue doing what I've been doing for 20 years. I want something completely different. And I yes. guess the big takeout here is that it actually it can still work either way. So don't feel like if you're listening to this uh, episode, oh, well, I don't want to do what I've been doing that I can't do this because you totally can and there's lots of examples uh, mm. of people that have done more of that kind of 180-degree change um, and there's pros and cons to both but the the really influential piece I think is about it being something that's work and this is totally my bias, uh, that you actually do really care about. Mm -hmm. uh, some people would say, I'll just go with doing something that, you know, you'll make money from. And I'm a fan of making money, however. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's also a point where there are challenges that are inevitably going to come up in business. And I'm sure we'll get into some of those in a second. And if you care about what it is that you're doing, then when those challenges and hurdles come up, you're more likely to be able to tap into uh, a reserve of resilience and grit that you need to be able to solve those problems. But if you don't really care, then I think it's very easy to kind of have a bit of a cop out and, and kind of go, well, you know, oh, this is all too hard. It must not be what I'm meant to be doing. I'll go and do something else. Yeah. So yep, I think definitely. that, yeah, that piece of, of you know, uh, especially if you're going to be um, creating a business that is more of a, a solo or a micro business where it's going to be very much centered around you, your expertise and, and packaging that up for other people. I think you want to have a level of care that's, that's not just about, oh, well, how can I, you know, make a quick buck? Hmm. Exactly. That's right. And I, and I find, you know, fortunately in my career, I find that when you have done things that you love, the money comes mm -hmm. anyway. You can't focus on it. I don't, I've never been able to have that as my sole purpose. It's, it's, I've been fortunate that to do something that I love meant I still got paid for it. Yeah. And again, now, you know, a similar sort of thing, new clients popping up all over the place. I'm like, this is, this is great. I never imagined it would be like this. And it's, and it's hard, you know, it's not, this week is a really crazy week, which is fantastic. I'm super busy. Um, but, you know, it's everyone I know that runs their own business says, you know, you just put everything into it that you can while you can to work hard and to hopefully reap the benefits down the track. So, again, you have to be passionate about that. I think you need to care about your clients and your business and the growth and financials and all of that stuff because you're going to spend lots of time and energy on it. So you want to know that it's going to be a success for something that you love, not as opposed to, you know, doing a job for someone else where you just take a paycheck and head home every night at 5.45 or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever time people finish work know, these days. <laughs> does 9 to 5 even finish? I always laugh when I hear 9 to 5 as a as a 
concept. I'm like, who's doing that these days? I don't even know. It's I don't know Dolly either. Parton song and that's yeah. all it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, lots around, you know, centering your focus of your business on um, things that you really care about because that helps you in the tough times, I think. And Definitely. so um seems like a nice natural transition into that conversation of um, what were some of the the challenges that you think looking back that you faced in moving into a space where you're working for yourself instead of being used to working for you know an organization that as you said has got a, a structure has got a known brand has mm. got all of the internal team and resources what were some of the challenges that you uh, know that you have 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 worked through or have faced in your first year or so I th- probably the, to, to dumb it down, there'd probably be probably two key ones at the start and then a third. So time and money at the oh, start. Oh, those so, old chestnuts. Those old chestnuts, imagine. Just never gets <laughs> fixed. Um, the time perspective, and I think, again, after, you've, you know, I had 16 years at Nova and I loved it and I came back and, you know, I was living the high life for a while and doing lots of lunches because <laughs> I could yeah. and then thought, oh, hang on, I've actually got work to do. I have, you know, client. I don't report <laughs> into anybody but I'm still responsible for doing what I've told my clients I will do. So I think that structure of time, because, again, I'd gone from a job that was very reactive. I'd, I'd be in my office and people would knock on my door and just say, have you got five five minutes for a quick chat or how's this deadline going can you get me this? And you know, there was some proactivity, but a lot of it was, you know, doing lots of things for other people. So mm. and you don't have someone knocking on your door saying, where's this? And you're the person having to do that to yourself is quite <laughs> interesting. Um, so I think just getting the structure of my day correct, but also knowing that the whole reason I wanted to do this was for flexibility. So I'm I'm yeah. very much a nighttime person. I can work till two o'clock in the morning. I feel great. But that may, would mean I would want to sleep in a little bit in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you know, how could I structure that day but still get my job done and make sure I was meeting my clients' expectations? So I think coming out of a, you know, a corporate-ish kind of job or even a job with some structure to build your own structure is, you know, that took a little bit of getting used to and now I'm in a really good good space with that. Mm. Um, financially, it was more about, oh, okay, what do I charge for this? How do I value my work? This is, and was such, and particularly as women, really hard because you're like, oh, maybe that's too much. I don't want to appear to be greedy and all those silly conversations we have with ourselves about our own value and worth. Mm. Um, So I was very fortunate that I had some really great people, um, women and friends who'd done this already and were quite open with me and said, look, I charge this this is where I would discount, this is what I would, this is how I, you know, do business and things. So I thought that was really helpful for me because I just had no idea. Yeah. Um, and now, I'm a, and now, and again, having to negotiate, you know, a few a few things for different people was, is always really fun. Um, yeah. I think I've, we've talked about the fact I did this project for a client and he was like, is this, you know, is this the invoice? I'm like, yes, what's the question? He goes, like, you're way too cheap. What you did is really <laughs> good and you should charge more. And I was like, oh, damn. And then when we went to negotiate a retainer, um, he drove me down on the price because he said I was too expensive. And I was like, which one is it? I don't know. This is hard. Um, so little things like that, I think that is always that is always a challenge of valuing yourself and your offering and your skills and experience. Um, and I know there's a there's a great meme somewhere about, you know, you are you are um, I'm charging you 
not for how many hours I've worked, but for years and years of skills and experience. And I think yes. that's really important to remember. You know, if you want to go and get a junior who's had a two-year career, fantastic. You can go and pay them that rate. But my skills and experience and what I bring to you is at this rate. So, yeah. you know, let's have a chat about that. So I think, you know, those two. And then the third one, as you get more into it, as we have talked about new business, is just making sure you always have new clients in the pipeline for, you know, and particularly at the moment with COVID and things have kicked in and people have had budgets cut and just has have stopped marketing and doing partnerships just to make sure you're always thinking about bringing new clients on board and you're always out there pitching. And I think what you tell me, 30% charge, you see, <laughs> 30% of your time should be for new business. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, that I just did not expect to have to have that level of pitching a new business and, you know, trying to trying to kind of keep, keep that list going. Mm. Um, but, again, now I'm really comfortable with it. I've got some some ways to kind of keep that top of mind. So um, yeah. they're probably the, the three. And, again, I think it's just ex- exploration, finding what you're comfortable with, what works for you, you know, how what's your strength and what do you maybe need some help and assistance and support with. And then people are great. People are very generous to help you out, particularly knowing when you're doing it by yourself and if they've already trodden that path ahead of you. People love to share their wisdom and to help you on your way as well. And I think that's what's fantastic about being a solo operator is there are other people who who want to help support you and help you be a success too. Yeah. And this is the thing too that I've observed over the last few years of this sort of iteration of my business and seeing that as more and more women particularly are opting to create their own business instead of um, being an an employee that um, network that's available to tap into to get insights around things like well how do you actually do this and what tools do you use to do that and has anybody used this software or Mm. or you know any any of those kinds of um, questions that you have when you're on your own you can't Mm. just you know turn to your colleague and, and have a little bit of a chit-chat. So that water cooler conversation, um, those ad hoc conversations, you need to be finding your people. And, and I agree with you that um, there's a lot of um, women out there that want to provide insights that they mm. would have liked to have had when they started out. So I think that's a really positive thing. And, and for people to feel reassured <clears throat> about asking for the question or asking mm. for help, because I think sometimes we can hold ourselves back thinking, oh, I don't want to look stupid that I don't even know. What, yes. is that, what does that ac- acronym even mean? Or you mm-hmm. know, when somebody talks about you know, this, what are they talking about? Because there is a whole lot of um, terminology that you don't necessarily know when you're an employee that just becomes like common, like bread and milk mm. um, once you're in business for a while. But when you first come into it, it can be a bit of a, a culture shock of like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I know. it's That's so true. And even new industries. So working, funnily enough, I've done a whole lot of projects now with ice cream companies, which yes. is great. Nice. And But, yeah, so many acronyms. And I would be in meetings quietly Googling <laughs> what this 
this kind of stood for and yeah. I was like oh oh okay well that makes sense and just remembering you know some industries for stuff that is just you know so normal for them um and even I also work with TEDx Melbourne so I'm the head of partnerships and marketing there uh which is a volunteer position and I love it because I get to lead a team which I mm-hmm. I guess I miss what as being sort of solo but the structure of some of the terms they use they use this thing called it's called a, a racky or a racy we never oh, racy. know how to pronounce it yes yeah mm-hmm. and it's basically I think it's actually called Rasky. Is it? Okay. So, yeah, it's it's basically who does what we would call it in in my previous (laughs) life. Uh, So it's like responsibilities and actions and blah, blah, blah. And I was was in so many leadership meetings going, I must Google that. I must Google that. And now... (laughs) Now I make sure, I, and I think I explain things to people. Go if you don't know what this means, coming from the media, where you'd be like, "What's an OB?" Yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry, outside broadcast, yeah. of course. Yeah, um, but it is. It's you're right. It's finding people that you that you trust and have good relationships with mm. to say, "Hey, I I've got no idea what I'm doing." Um, and they are. They're they're amazing, and it's nice to be able to do that sometimes with other people as well um but yeah there are there are so many you know lots of great online groups to help you and and you can just even sometimes just to meet another person you click with and say can I pick your brain I had there's someone that I work with and she's in PR and I just said to her oh you just nail it you make it look so easy and you're amazing and I love everything you do and she said that is the best thing I've heard all year because after five years I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I thought isn't that interesting that that's how we beat ourselves up but for me, she's just got it all together and she has amazing clients and she's so good at her job. I love dealing with her and she still has a bit of imposter syndrome. So yep. I think the more we support each other to say, you know, I try to do that. If I see someone do something amazing, I'm like, you should be really proud of that because what you do, I couldn't do. And and that's why you need to pat yourself on the back and say, you know what? Yeah, this is hard, but I'm I'm getting it done and I'm I'm just doing it and shining as best as I can. Yeah, so such a good point around that imposter syndrome because it is a very real thing and sometimes I think we can be seeing the external either uh, social profiles or uh, results that somebody else is getting and to be judging and assuming how they must be feeling about themselves or or any of that but we don't see the inner dialogue we don't see behind the scenes of how much scrambling or second guessing has perhaps gone gone on and so I do think it is important for us to um, you know find ways to acknowledge other people for the great things that they're doing because we just we all need that little top up of mm. the tank because we all pretty much have that internal um questioning voice or judging inner critic that's going to tell you all the things that you know you didn't do well enough or whatever mm. um so i think it is a really great gift for you to give somebody else to actually give them that that positive a handful of happiness, as my sister Jacinta likes to call them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my friend, my friend Steph, she runs her own um, comms and PR company, and she calls it "fill my bucket." She says every time I talk to you, just fill my bucket, and I was like, "That's okay if that's what you want to call it. That's what we'll call it." But um, I think it's just it's just even checking in with people and going, "Hey, you know what? If things are tough, and are you having a good day?" And you know, if someone's not, you can just go, "Tomorrow's a new day, and it's okay." And I think what you're doing is fantastic. So. Mm. 
yeah, really important. I think just not in general, but um, just not in business, but in life in general. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And so what about, I'm curious for you that after, you know, 20 plus years working in radio and you mentioned that, you know, as many organisations have over the last number of years doing significant restructuring that mm. results in, you know, sometimes entire departments no longer existing. So that was a perhaps a catalyst for, for you um, in making this change. But how did other people in your life react when you started telling people that, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on my own, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing, not just get another job? How, how, what was the response from people? Oh, yes, this was actually so surprising because I left, I left in a really good terms. I was very lucky. Um, I stayed on to do a special project with partnerships for the company, which was great because I felt like I kind of left, you know, maybe a legacy and I got to tie up some loose ends. Um, But people's reactions were really strange Um, Mm -hmm. because I said, look, I'm fine, you know, I'm fine and, you know, don't hate the company and they've done what they needed to do and guess what, 16 years, I think I'm ready for a change, it's okay. (laughs) And then they're like, well, have you applied for many jobs? And I'd be like, no, no, I'm just taking some time. It's been 16 years. Like I'm, it's like retirement. They're like, but what are you going to do for money? And don't you want to get a job? And I think I was lucky that I had the Spanish trip coming up because I would say to people, I could say to people, oh, almost to a lay there fee is not my own. Oh no, look, I'm going on, I'm going away to Spain for six weeks. So there's no point getting a job or looking for anything. I'll do it when I get back. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, good, good, good idea. And they were almost relieved because I felt that (laughs) me not having an instant plan to jump straight into the next job, people were sending me jobs and I was like, no, it's, I'm just want to, I'd like to sleep in a little bit if I can. But but people, a a lot of people couldn't cope that I didn't have my next plan sorted, that I hadn't applied for 52 jobs, that I hadn't, you know, really thought about my future. Um, And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm just going to take some time off. Um, so I, I found that really interesting and I think sometimes maybe that was a, more of a reflection on them for thinking, oh, if, if my role was made redundant, what would I do? I'd be yeah. on the phone talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so then so I went to Spain and then I came back and everyone <laughs> started again. So have you got a new job? Did you apply <laughs> for anything in Spain? No, I was a bit busy walking on the yeah. internet. And building wasn't on the trail, to be honest. <laughs> those, those tiny cafes run by 82-year-old women, not great Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway, so... Then people, again, started to send me jobs. Oh, I saw this. I don't know what you're looking for. And yes. I would say, I'm actually I'm actually thinking about starting my own business and going out on my own. And they'd go, oh, <laughs> which was kind of a bit weird. And I got used to it after a while and I I had my little resilience belt on because because I could tell, again, they, they had fear. They were like, you know, and I, I didn't want to take that on. I thought, God, yeah. if they don't believe I can do it, how could I possibly believe I could do it? So yeah. I had to back away from a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just started to do a little bit of consulting and, you know, didn't talk about an official company as such. And, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do some of this till I look for a full-time job. Mm-hmm. But I think people, it, until you go into that space of people working for themselves and doing their own thing, it is a very different world. So yeah. everyone that had a full-time job was very nervous 
they they didn't understand how I could possibly want to take on that financial risk, that emotional risk, the you know inconsistency of an income, the the thought of what if you don't have any clients and what if you don't earn enough money? Yeah. And you know, I just had to trust that the universe would look after me and I could go and get a new I could go and get a full-time job if I needed to. So um I think other people's expectations of what I should do mm. were a huge surprise to me and I needed to shut them out. And I would still listen to people and, you know, I'd be like, oh, you know, that's that's fair. Thank you for that comment. But I didn't take any of it on because I I just couldn't. I think that would have really debilitated me and my confidence in myself to do that. And, yeah. it, and it all came from a good place. It's just because people cared. Yes. But then when I would start to talk to people who were doing it and they would say, it's really hard, but it's the best thing I've ever done. And here are some things to look out for. And this is what, you know, you need to know. And I had people that said, you don't, it takes five years for you to feel comfortable and, and in a good space. And I was like, that feels like a long time. Yes. But now, 15 months into it, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable. Um, but, yeah, so other other people's, I think it's their expectations yes. on you and what you should, like society in general, I guess, it's, oh, you should find a partner and you should get married and you should mm-hmm. have a full-time job and you should buy a house and, well, yep. I could. Maybe. <laughs> Couldn't, shoulda, woulda. Yep. Um, yep. haven't necessarily lived, you know, that that should life a lot, which, you know, it, it, you know, it is hard going sometimes, but I wouldn't change it. I'm I'm just so happy in the life that I've created for myself. But, yeah. And, yeah. And it's definitely it's definitely something if to go out on your own, just be very aware of of the messages that other people are sending to you and stick to what you really want to do and what you believe in. Mm. And again, I guess that loops back to the importance of actually starting to you know, even have a look around and see what groups are available for you to connect in with people, either that you know or that you find online who are working for themselves or um, considering it because it is a different kind of group and mindset than people that are used to being an employee. Mm. Um, I've got this vision in my head, I have to tell you, of you because you were talking before about um what did you say? I've got my, I had my resilience belt on and and then when, and then when other people were, you know, just saying all the shoulds that you were um, not taking it on. So I've got this picture of you like Wonder Woman, but you've got a resilience (laughs) belt on with your two like um, cuffs, arm cuffs, whatever, wrist cuffs, um, just like going ching, 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 like (laughs) taking things on with your resilience belt. So that's the vision I've got of you in my head. Oh, I love that so much and always with a smile on my face, of course. Totally. Too. Just, yeah. Funnily enough, I when I um my previous radio career, my nickname was Xena Princess Warrior oh. because I would put on this armour, you know, not physically but I guess emotionally and energetically when I would deal with difficult people. Yes. Because I thought if it's not me dealing with difficult people and it's this superhero persona, anyway, yeah. that's another session for a therapy <laughs> podcast. Um, but, right. But, yes, yeah, I think I think it is. It's other people's energy. And if you understand that it's coming from a good place, yes. then you can't, you can't get upset about it. No, um, 
no. And it just, as you said, you know, often it does um, reflect more around their own inner fears about if they were faced with that kind of a situation, how they think they would handle it. And mm. so, you know, that road is going to be very different for different people. And, and working for yourself, starting your own business is not for everyone. It is challenging. And I've got, you know, some really great friends who actually have said to me, I wish that I could be someone who could have my own business, but I just know myself and I know that it's not it wouldn't be good for me and that that uh, that lack of consistency and and having lots of people around that I interact with even though they're the you know people that give me the shits half the time and whatever I just know that that's the environment that I'm meant to be in and so I think part of it is about knowing yourself and and what motivates you and excites you about the next chapter of your work life I think and and whether mm. the challenges that come with uh building your own business are interesting and exciting and that you want the upsides such as the freedoms and the flexibility um and in fact another client i was speaking with recently you know she went and played tennis on a you know friday lunchtime or something and she i spoke with her afterwards and she said oh i haven't actually been working today i've just been playing tennis i said and that's why you work for yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can do those things uh and you know there's certainly going to be the the flip side of that where you know you have to you know work perhaps on a at a time or or um on a day that you might not have wanted to uh to make up for that but you've got the ultimate choices of of when you're working and what you're doing and who with and yeah it takes some time but i think it's about you know relishing the upsides as well as you know accepting there's going to be some downsides as well exactly and and again that earlier chat we had about time and your structure of the day in the early days I remember being at a long lunch with some other you know similar um working women running their own businesses and I said oh do you know what I haven't earned any money today (laughs) (laughs) so there was no I was like there was nothing on my timesheet and I said and that's okay (laughs) I'm just going to have some champagne and catch an uber home and I might even have a nap and that's okay because it's my business so I'm not responding to phone calls and things but again I think it was that balance of it can't be long lunches and giggles all the time every day and yeah but if it's a beautiful sunny day and you want to go for a walk you should totally go and take advantage of that because yes. that's not what everyone gets in an office situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. So, Tanya, if someone's listening and they want to be able to connect with you and find out more about the Collaboration Playground, uh, where do they go? How do they find you? Uh, so we have – do you like how we say we? It's like a <laughs> other thing too. I should also say that's the other thing that was very interesting too is – is working in the marketing spaces, I guess, as, as a, you know, solo solo business person is there were 9 million marketing consultants out there. And so um, I got into a little bit of we, so it sounded like I run a multi-million corporation. It's really just me um, <laughs> and my head of finance, who's also my sister, yep. uh, but that's okay. Someone's got to do my books. And your um, dad now, isn't he um, part of um, marketing or brand ambassador or something? Pretty, now? pretty <laughs> much. Yes. We were just actually taste testing some new ice cream. So oh. that was, that was pretty good. So I'm going to do a full um, advisory board report on how my Great. dad feels about this new ice cream flavor um i digress so uh (laughs) my website is collaborationplayground.com um so again that's a that's another learning too when you create your the name of your company make sure it's a really short email address (laughs) 
<laughs> and website because they're two very, very long words to type. Um, and on Instagram, we collab playground. So you'll see one of the things I'm really passionate about is street art and graffiti. So that's one of the things that um, is kind of thread through my uh, website and also my Instagram pages, but also really great promotions and partnerships that I've seen from around the world. So I like to share those. Yep. Fantastic. And I will make sure that I include links to both of those on the show notes so people can click on them and see your Great. fabulous shiny new <laughs> website and the beautiful imagery that you have got on, on the website as well as on your um, social platforms. Anytime I see great um, street art, I always think of you. So that's definitely part of your, your brand halo, I think. Yes, thank you. Yeah, awesome. If only I could paint myself, I could just whip a few up. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe next time. We are in mm, lock, next lockdown that, or something. Exactly. That's why I actually work with this beautiful artist called Fleur Harris and she can just, you know, she can just do an amazing painting within an afternoon and I can't even draw a stick figure man, so I'll leave that to her. Yes, I'm also um, creative drawingly challenged so I can appreciate it in, in, in others uh, because I have a distinct lack of that skill myself. <laughs> I can totally respect that. <laughs> and so um, finishing up, are there any other thoughts or tips that come up for you that if you think, you know, were there things that you wish that you knew earlier or did earlier or anything that you think if someone's listening and they're early in the stages of, of, of going down this path, anything that you'd um, offer them as words of wisdom from the other side? Mm. Um I think, again, back yourself. If you mm. find something you're really passionate about and you love it, back yourself and don't necessarily worry about what other people think. Mm. Um, and one of the other things that I, I did learn um, in a very strange way was just to say yes to something. If you think the idea is good, if you have a, a good gut feeling about something, say yes to it and work it out later. Yeah. Uh, last year I got to fly to Russia and speak at a radio conference in Moscow about brand partnerships. And I just, I knew it was a good idea. I yeah. knew I was afraid and I had no idea how I was going to pull it off. But this this gut feeling just said, you need to do this. Go and yeah. do this. What a great adventure. And I loved it. It's one of the best things I've ever said yes to. So um, I'm a big fan of that as well. If, you, if an opportunity comes up and it feels right, go for it. And just, again, ask for help or work out how to do it. Because I think saying yes is where it takes you to things that you could never have considered would happen to you in your life and your career. Um so I think, you know, they're the two, follow your passion. If yeah. you find that, then I think, you know, that's half the challenge. Um, yeah. So, yes, yes, good things. I know it's it's funny thinking about what would you say to your younger self and and I think it's just you're just learning new things as you go. Never, ever be afraid to learn because you just never know what, what might come up and what new skills and experience you can add to your portfolio. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the things that I, and I promised that I was going to pick up this piece around attitude that you mentioned right at the beginning, that you had that attitude of um, that everything is figureoutable and that there were things that you initially had as fears when you thought about working for yourself that you kind of didn't actually find in practice to be that hard and then things that you thought might have been a bit of a breeze that maybe were more uh, of a challenge than you mm. thought. But I think that important piece that you've mentioned there is what's the attitude and the mindset that you're bringing to this new chapter and way of working and that if you do develop a mindset of, you know what, I can learn anything and I can ask for help and mm. bringing that attitude of possibility, that I find helps to overcome 
so many obstacles yes. compared to an attitude of I've never done it before and therefore I can't, and which yes. I, I think just shuts down so many doors of possibility. Whereas if you can, you know, just try on that attitude of I don't know yet, but I know that I can learn stuff and I'm, mm. I've had a great career and through that I've figured a whole lot of things out. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to be the first person who's doing, you know, facing this issue of having to, you know, build a website or, or create a landing page or mm. do social media. I can figure it out. Um, and if you can bring that attitude, I think it underpins every other aspect of what it takes to run a business. Yes, that's so true. There's that that gorgeous little meme about how a child falls over a hundred times before they learn how to walk mm -hmm. and they don't sit on the ground and say, oh, well, this just isn't for me. I'm just not meant to walk. Like, that's right. Isn't that so <laughs> true? But as mm -hmm. we get older, we're like, oh, I don't know. Just not, not, no, it's not for me. I'll just pass. Yeah. Um, it's not flowing for me. And that's that, you know, back to that resilience piece of, of the expectation we can put on ourselves. Okay, well, the first uh, prospect that I talk to to see if they want to work with me or hire me, mm -hmm. if that first person says no and you take that very personally and you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm never going to ask anyone else again, mm -hmm. then, then your business is not going to go very far and, and that you've got to bring that attitude of like, okay, but what did I learn through that conversation? What would I do differently? What would I do the same? And just to step up again and go, well, I'm going to talk to somebody else. And you keep doing that until you yes. figure it out or you find a way. And I think that comes back to that question of you've got to, you've got to want it and love it and care mm -hmm. enough to be able to go, that was really uncomfortable. I've never done this before. I'm figuring it out, but it's awkward or it's, it's not my preferred feeling. But then when you do have that conversation where somebody says, yeah, that sounds great, when can we start, mm -hmm. the buzz of that is amazing and, and I think really overcomes any of that discomfort initially of stretching outside of your comfort zone. And so, yes. I, yeah, I think that, that piece is just to expect if you're starting out in business, expect that not everything is going to land right the first time. You know, mm -hmm. We have times that we might do put a, an offer out to uh, an individual or an, an offer out to uh, our, an audience and you may not get as many takers the first time but you will have learnt a stack along the way so that the next time you do it, uh, you can be, do it even better and better but you've got to be willing to keep showing up and not to just fall in a heap every time you know, something doesn't go the way that you wanted it to first time. Absolutely. And I think there are so many stories of, you know, famous films and books and, re mm. you know, recordings and artists who got turned down yeah. over and over and over again and they just kept going. And, again, that, that thought process of back yourself yeah. because the right person will connect with you and will say, yes, I believe in what you're doing. And then before you know it, you know, hopefully – your million dollar <laughs> box office success or whatever your you know equation to that is but yeah, yeah it is it, it is hard and as long as you're learning from it again I agree I think it that's really important yes yeah totally awesome well Tanya I just want to give you a handful of happiness that <laughs> and fill your bucket dear Liza that you. you know that I think back to when you were you know in the initial stages of, of finding out that, you know, your whole kind of 
work world was being completely restructured Mm. and that, you know, this was going to mean for you that you were looking for a new direction and, you know, the, the baby steps initially that you were taking and how far you have come and what you have achieved. I really hope for you that you do really appreciate how far you've come and, and mm-hmm. you know, what you've created for yourself. And this is what being an entrepreneur, a business owner is, is you have an idea, but it doesn't exist yet, but you're bringing it to life. And that's what you've done. And you're now at a point where you've got, you've had some great experience with fantastic clients. You've been able to ride through the worst freaking worldwide pandemic you know the world's ever seen <laughs> being in lockdown you relocated you know the one of you the, the main industries that you work with is essentially is completely shut down mm-hmm. uh, but you're yes. not only surviving but you're expanding and you are reaching more and more people and doing great beautiful work connecting people and so I hope that you feel really proud and I hope that you acknowledge the progress that you have made because I think it's an absolute credit to you and I'm really excited to see where you're going to take collaboration playground you know into 2021 and beyond Thank you. That's very sweet. I must I must say I do reflect on some of our lunches where I would say, <laughs> I don't know where I am. And you're like, yeah, that's okay. That's quite normal. Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking a lot. There's a lot of in media at the moment, there are lots of people who are losing their jobs mm. and there are more restructures and more redundancies. And it's, it's hard to watch, but I've been reaching out to everybody to say, I promise you, there is an amazing life waiting for you that you have not even imagined yet. And yeah. I you know, I've lived that firsthand. And I did actually have someone who said to me, someone I respect so much, very senior, and said, I might need some tips because I've seen you do this so graciously and so well. And I thought that was really lovely Mm -hmm. um, that she had that perception um, because it didn't always feel like that. But now I do reflect on that and think I wouldn't change any of it. So I am, I'm very grateful. But again, to have, you know, supportive people like the Transit Lounge and the COU business babes or girl gang as we call ourselves this week <laughs> yeah. um you know lot, lots of people that are there when it is a bit hard and you can go oh what am I doing here and then they remind you and the next day you get back on the horse so yeah um but it is it's just you just have to back yourself and believe in it um and off you go so thank you for that that's very sweet um, I'm looking forward to 2021 too yeah I'll <laughs> bet <laughs> aren't we all <laughs> Tanya, thank you so much for making time to uh, do this interview with me today. And I know that there will be lots of people who listen, who really get some inspiration and insight from all that you've shared. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I've just, I've really appreciated and loved this. So thank you. It's been fun. It has been fun. For someone that never wanted to be on the radio, this is my only option. That's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. But before you go, I just want to tell you about a great new free resource. If you are early in your business and you want to make sure that you're focusing on the right things at the right time to make sure that your business is profitable as quickly as possible, then you want to go and grab a brand new ebook that I have created, which is called the top four priority focus areas for a profitable first year in business. In this ebook, I have compiled 
experience and insights from my over five years in business, as well as from more than 40 interviews with successful women in business and conversations with other women in business that are in my network. And I have summarized all that experience into the top four areas that you need to focus on so you can really create a business that delivers the kind of income and lifestyle that you're looking for. You can get that ebook for free at thetransitlounge.com forward slash top four. I'll be sure to put the link to that into the show notes to make it easy for you to get. So go get it, have a read, then come and join the private Facebook group and tell me which one of the four areas do you think you would benefit from more help with. I'll look out for your comment in the group. Have a great week.